Gang, if we want to build the future, we're gonna need something. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, I'm Shaletta Brundage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too. Want your boss? Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity, designed for more than just therapists. If you are helping professional in any field, diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today, I want to share with you a few encouraging words about reducing socioeconomic biases. In recent news, the governor of Minnesota signed a bill into law to provide breakfast and lunch at no cost to students in schools across the state, making Minnesota the fourth state in the country to do so. This is significant for a number of reasons. One reason is that it relieves a significant strain on parents across the state of a financial burden, namely that the debt that can build from school lunch plans or over time and even providing meals at home, especially when they may have to choose between bills to pay and providing balanced meals for their children so that they can thrive and succeed academically. 
Another reason is that it relieves a significant strain on the students all over the state, not only because it helps reduce the impact of physical hunger on their mental health uh, efforts to succeed academically, but also because it helps reduce the socioeconomic stigma that often comes from free school lunch programs. When students qualifying for school lunch due to the household financial status they live in are teased by their peers and shamed as a result. Now, on one hand, the signing of a bill like this into law is significant already because of the political bipartisan collaboration necessary to accomplish such a task. On the other hand, in a broader sense, it's reflective of a bigger polarizing conversation that often occurs in homes and workplaces far and wide, namely that of biases or prejudices across financial or socioeconomic divides. Sometimes you may hear people with less money than they desire or need conveying disdain for people who have money, frustrated that they're not sharing or doing more to meet the needs of, of, them, of themselves or those like them. Other times you may hear people who have more money than others expressing frustration at the requests or proposals for financial assistance programs like free school meals and conveying that if others just simply worked harder, they would have what they need and would need handouts. Both sides understandably take issue with any negative portrayal of the other side. As I've previously discussed, culture involves more than just racial or ethnic identities, but also includes many other factors like age, gender, faith beliefs, political affiliations, and more, including differences in socioeconomic status. It's in this light that negative portrayals of differences between socioeconomic status understandably leads to strained cross-cultural financially speaking, relationships across socioeconomic groups to help equip you in not only reducing your likelihood of contributing to these socioeconomic biases and maybe even reducing the likelihood of these biases and environments you're in, I want to share with you a few often misunderstood realities surrounding socioeconomic divides. Misunderstanding number one, needing financial support is not an automatic sign of laziness. Many who argue against financial assistance programs like free school lunches for all students also argue against school loan forgiveness and other similar programs. The purpose of these programs, however, is not to reward lack of effort, but to acknowledge that even with effort, sometimes for a variety of legitimate reasons, financial burdens get out of hand. The interest and fees associated with built-up debt often exceed the original need the debt was intended to meet. Not to mention the openly manipulative and deceptive practices many financial lenders that often employ that lead to generational burdens too large to overcome without help. So, so often people look at cars and homes and neighborhoods that could benefit from repair or upgrades and conclude that if they only cared about their community, they would do something to improve it. Or if they were willing to do a little work, it wouldn't take that much to make things better. What's often overlooked in these situations is the reality that many individuals and families in financial need are some of the hardest workers around. The challenge for them is that no matter how hard they work, the income that they earn from their hard work, often through multiple jobs, still pales in comparison to the bills they're responsible for. And yet they continue to work hard to meet their needs and the needs of those who they care for in their families to in hopes that their children will be able to start their life off a little further ahead than they may be right now and be set up to exceed their parents' abilities. 
one of my earliest understandings of this concept came when I was about 15 years old, looking ahead to when I was finally old enough to drive and get a driver's license. So as I rode in the passenger seat, observing everything that had to do with driving, I began to see the varying degree of vehicle maintenance needed on the cars on the road. I remember thinking to myself, wow, look at the cars over there with dents and damages in need of repair. Why are they leaving it that way? I don't even have a car yet. And even I know that it's better to get get it repaired immediately rather than to leave it that way so, so it can rust and get, get worse over time. When I get a car, I'll show them how to be responsible with a car. Now, fast forward a few years later, when I not only had a used, a new-to-me car, uh, but also had a job to help me maintain the, the insurance and the other maintenance fees on that car. And it was then when I began to see what I couldn't see as a passenger looking through the, through the window. For when I got my first fender bender and I was informed of how much it would cost to repair it and, and how much the insurance deductible was, it was then when I experienced my first financial dilemma of, hmm, Based on how much I earned uh, as an income uh, and how much that would cover and, and how much the, the insurance deductible was uh, to have it repaired, uh, I can either choose to have it repaired but not be able to insure it or gas it up, or I could insure it and gas it up, but then let that dent stay a little bit longer while I saved up after bills and after gas money to repair it. My perspective changed on what I had seen and made judgments about years before. Ever since then, whenever I see someone in financial need, before I even let myself think, wow, why don't they just anything? I stop and think to myself, I wonder what difficult financial decisions they are wrestling with these days. I, I hope they're able to make the best decisions possible to meet their needs and the needs of everybody who they're responsible for. And then I remind myself how grateful I am for whatever need I happen to be able to meet at the time without unnecessary judgment on myself or anyone else. I encourage you to find some way to do your own version of the same. Misunderstanding number two, having a lot of money doesn't guarantee a stress or worry-free life. Another reality that is often misunderstood is that having money is not a cure to every life problem. As a therapist, I've had the challenge of supporting the well-being of both those who have a lot more money than I have, as well as, as, well as those who have a lot less than I have, with the same degree of empathy and understanding. Interestingly enough, I found it to be a lot less difficult than I thought. This is because I've learned that just as those in financial need worry about how far their income will go to meet their family's needs, often those who have a long history of financial security still often worry about how long that financial security will last. And although bank accounts may differ, the genuine feelings of worry for their family's well-being are quite similar. Maybe their concern is about whether the stock market will crash and make one sense of financial security today a pipe dream tomorrow, all in one instant. Maybe it's the reality that the company, home, or vehicle that they have that's worth a lot of money also requires a lot of money to maintain, and maybe even a lot of people to pay to maintain it with varying types of expertise, such that at any point in time, high maintenance bills can outweigh the high income. Or maybe it's the worry that if or when they retire and the income ceases, can they maintain the standard of living that they're accustomed to when the savings account stops going up? and begins to go down one day at a time, no matter how tight they make their budget. Sure, those in financial need can easily and understandably say, well, that would sure be a nice problem to have. 
However, the emphasis, even in that statement, is that there will still be problems to have and to solve. The goal here is not to excuse or justify either side, but to acknowledge that misperceptions of ease or lack of care or willingness may not be true at all or may simply not be the complete story. And misunderstanding number three, we can all work together to meet our own needs as well as the needs of others. No matter whether you consider yourself on a low or high end of the socioeconomic spectrum or somewhere between, the goal should be less on which side is right or wrong or better or worse, and instead on how we can all work together to meet as many needs as possible for those who we care most about and for everyone else around us. Those without financial security often have a history of creativity regarding how to meet a variety of needs due to the need to be resourceful with less. That resourcefulness can be an asset to those who have a history of financial security, who may have a genuine desire to use their hard-earned resources to help those in need, but not know how. Trevor Noah put it nicely this way when he said, people love to say, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach a man a fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. But what they don't say is, and, would, and it would be nice if you gave him a fishing rod. That's the part of analogy that's missing. Whatever side of the financial spectrum you may be on, no matter your needs, no matter your worries based on your unique experience, my hope for you is that you'll be able to see that we're all trying to figure out this thing that's called life together, even as it relates to stresses that come and lots of money or not enough money in the meantime. Don't waste time judging people for what they have or don't have and instead focus on who people are and what people do with whatever they have. I'm a fan of teaching people how to fish, empowering them to meet their own needs. But as is the case in the school, free school lunch meals, since sometimes we can be too hungry to sufficiently learn the great life lessons that you have to teach or share with others. And still other times there may be a willingness to work, the intelligence to learn, but lack the financial means to put that learning into practice and build upon it. I challenge you to see yourself and others in the best light possible. Meet as many financial needs as you can, as well as any other needs you may be in a ability to provide and do what you can reasonably do to support those who are meeting the needs of those around you whom you can't support on your own. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening to the Diversity to Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of shame free and empowering guest speaking or training on this often sensitive topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambridgefisher.com or diversitymadesimple.com. If you know anyone else who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on the often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them a link to this podcast or share with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available at Amazon.com. And if you are a health professional in any field and interested in increasing your ability to meet the greatest needs of those around you, no matter your cultural differences, then consider registering for my upcoming live virtual training in a few weeks where I share practical tips and strategies that you can use immediately to improve your cultural competence and confidence. Although usually only available to companies and organizations privately, this live and interactive virtual event is open to the public for anyone who wants to grow. And as a thank you to all my podcast listeners, feel free to use the promo code SHAMEFREE to register for half off the registration fee. Considering the impact it can have on your personal and professional efforts, you won't regret it. Visit DiversityMadeSimple.com for more information. And as usual, I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in the future podcast to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. As always, remember this. You don't need to know everything about everyone. 
in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> on this season of Outside Chance, we're about to put the fly and fly fishing. I'm about to prove there's an outdoor activity for everybody. Yeah! This one I'm pretty confident I can make. <laughs> I'll break down gear, costs, and best locations to learn. Holy oh, crap. Whoa! Yeah! Life yeah. is meant to be experienced. <laughs> Did you see that? Join me and find out what you've been missing. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, and it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Racial covenants had structured every aspect of life. Keeping black people in black spaces. Slavery's history is Minnesota's history. So much of working towards racial equity is around telling our own stories. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Whether I'm taking the bus or the light rail, I'm on board with Metro Transit. What would I do without my ride? I hope to never find out. Metro Transit is my ticket to get where I need to go. Uptown or downtown, city or suburbs, no hassle. It's my reliable, affordable way to get to work, run errands, visit friends, and then get back home to my neighborhood. 
With easy-to-pay fares, I just jump on board and relax while a professional does the driving. This is my time to listen to my music, catch up with my friends on social media, play a game or read, or just chill out and unwind on the way to my destination. But sharing the ride is also about being with folks from my community, headed to school, or traveling to their appointments, or out on the town. Traveling together, we make our roads safer and create a healthier environment for everyone. Get on board with Metro Transit. It's your ride, too. When you're running your own business, it's exciting to imagine what's possible and overwhelming to think about how to make it work. You need a banker to help meet challenges and make the most of opportunities to grow. At Bremer Bank, we understand that success is always a team effort. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.